Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. I'm Patrick. And I'm Tony. And uh, we're going uh, through our book here, uh, Truth in a Culture of Doubt. And uh, we're uh, kind of dissecting as we go uh, uh, Bart Ehrman's books. And uh, we're kind of coming up to what he's mostly known for. And so uh, the authors of our book, they kind of split these into um, kind of the, the meta narrative of scripture and then the digging into, uh, you know, the contradictions in scripture, supposedly, and uh, they go on from there. So, yeah, uh, so this, this kind of takes his books and, and yeah, makes chapters out of exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is more uh, about scripture itself as opposed to philosophical like the, the previous right. ones were. Right? Yeah. 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 So uh, this one is called uh, for chapter two is the Bible full of irresolvable contradictions. Mm. So it's kind of looking at the whole picture of scripture and taking the claims of of uh, what Bart Ehrman says is the uh, scholarly consensus among his (laughs) his group. Yeah. So is the Bible full of irresolvable or contradictions? Uh, so, so, I mean, that's where he's, he's popularized. He, yeah. he himself has said that he's popularized, uh, what's, what's been out there. And so, um, this is kind of where, um, he's meeting in conflict with, uh, other eminent scholars who disagree with him. And mm. so does he give them a fair shake, uh, within the context of his writings? Uh, it seems like, uh, the, 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 the scholars themselves are found wanting, yeah. uh, kind of a, a place at the table. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. So they found him wanting and they've been found yeah. wanting a yeah. place at the Ex- table. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we're not exactly <clears throat> sure where we're going to draw the, the end of, of this episode, but, uh, this is a lengthy chapter. It's got a lot of parts to it. A lot, um, really thorough chapter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously you want to pick up the book, uh, cause they do probably a way better job than we will, but, um, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck with us. So, um, so here are the claims that uh, are addressed in, in this chapter. Uh, the New Testament authors have contradictory points of view on major issues. Mm. The second, attempts to reconcile various events in the New Testament are mistaken because such harmonizations create another account that is different from the ones being read. Yeah, it's definitely wow. something as a historian you don't want to do. Right. The gospel's <clears throat> chronological differences are historical contradictions. Wow. Okay. And the gospels are so different in detail that they must be deemed an error at numerous points and cannot be viewed as divinely inspired. So there we're kind of getting a little bit more of a theological um, perspective. Mm-hmm. And the fifth and final claim that's addressed is the diversity of views within the New Testament indicate that Jesus was not originally considered to be God in any sense at all. He eventually became divine, whatever that might mean, for his followers in some sense before he came to be thought of as equal to God Almighty in an absolute sense. Wow. So those are some pretty heavy claims. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, obviously um, going back to the basics, going back to the foundations of Christianity, going back to um, uh, the Bible as the guide for establishing the church and um, kind of also starting to get into um, attacking both harmonization and uh, the divinely inspired nature of of the word and uh, what that means for scholarship versus uh, you know what 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 a believer kind of takes that to be too. So yeah. so um, th- that's what uh, Bart Ehrman is is, uh, <clears throat> is writing about, and uh, this is what our authors are going to uh, critique. Yeah, yeah, good. So the first thing they do in the introduction, kind of before they get into these various uh, claims, is they ask. Um, 
is Bart Ehrman a fundamentalist? <laughs> right? Is he a Bart Ehrman fundamentalist? Yeah. Yeah. Right? A and, book beater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they say that Bart Ehrman is smart enough to know that if he can show that the Bible is full of contradictions, obviously this will significantly weaken its appeal and, of course, its authority. Right. Right? right. And so throughout uh, Erdman's writings, he uh, regularly cites the modern scholarly consensus in support of uh, his claims, right? This is what all the scholars say, right? According to Erdman, his views are standard fare held by all his closest friends, are widely accepted among New Testament scholars, and are rightly taught in seminaries and divinity schools. Right. So there, right? Yeah. Everybody agrees with him, so it sounds like. Y- you right? yokels at the <laughs> low level, you don't understand what we're doing. But even even your pastors are, are being taught that the, the Bible isn't what you think it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> Uh, however, it is only the defining scholarship on his own terms that mm-hmm. he brings into this. And uh, by excluding scholars who disagree with him, that Ehrman is able to imply that he is supported by all other scholarships. Yeah. So what does he mean by scholars? Right. right? That's right. the issue. Yeah. Here, right. All the scholars believe this. Right. OK. What do you mean by scholars? Yeah. Right? Craig, Craig Bloomberg <laughs> and Gary Habermas. These, these aren't scholars. These, these are biased men yeah. who don't hold to his rigorous standard. I, I, I guess, and and you know that there there are people that critique and critique is fine, but to to not even um, establish a place for them in in a response of 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 what you're presenting to people in a popular sense. I mean, you can probably um, um, give him his first book, but once he comes into prominence as a popular critical scholar, to not address these um, points of view seems to be leaving your audience with a little bit more. Um, uh, swagger than than what what what, uh, what the you, views of what, what your view is yeah what's r- really out there you yeah, know yeah. why why not address the, the 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 best that the other side has to to argue to see if you your competing view um, can outweigh them or if they're so weak that the next competing view to yours is being so powerful um, you can just knock them down yeah you know? yeah. So as uh, one recent reviewer of Ehrman has noted, he fails to mention that of all the ATS accredited seminaries in the United States, the top 10 largest seminaries are all evangelical. They're going to teach opposite of what he's saying. Exactly. All these scholars. So notice this is the top 10 largest seminaries in our, are the top 10. Right. Don't agree. It seems like with what er- Ehrman <laughs> right. is talking about. Right. right. And so this isn't really a numbers game, but when Ehrman throws up that this, this is supported by pretty much all scholarship and you right. have those fringe ones out in the, in the boondocks, <laughs> you know, rubbing their Bibles together yeah. for, for firewood, then, you know, it, it's a little bit disingenuous here. Right. My, my scholarship is better than your scholarship, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know that, that uh, when just talking about uh, uh, presuppositions of, of, of whatever discipline you're in, this is at least a, a good consideration because if you're trying to um, uh, respond to those that try and overthrow your your, you know, standard operating procedures, that's important. Or if you're coming in to, to thwart, you know, those, those Bible bumpkins that, that, uh, <laughs> ha- haven't, uh, uh, picked up any other book, but the Bible, then, um, then this is an important uh, conversation to have. And so, uh, these seminaries represents thousands and thousands of students and hundreds and hundreds of professors who are all doing scholarly work. They're all, um, <clears throat> doing peer reviews. They're all, um, pretty much doing what Bart Ehrman is doing. He's yeah. just saying, nope. They're not scholars. They're, they're not. Apparently. Yeah, they're not scholars because yeah. of reasons that we'll get into here. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, it, it appears that what Erdman is doing here uh, with this re- rhetoric is designed to 
uh, intimidate the lay audience, right? Folks who uh, haven't had a chance to read uh, scholar scholarship right. in terms <laughs> of uh, these particular issues. So, you know, even when he occasionally mentions the conservative scholars um, that disagree, he says something like, Scholars today outside the ranks of fundamentalists and conservative evangelicals are virtually unified, <laughs> right. right? So, you know, outside of these bumpkins, right. <laughs> right, everybody else is unified, yeah. right? Of course, the problem with this type of argument is that it's kind of like saying everyone in the government except conservatives or Republicans wants to raise taxes, right? Sure. Well, okay, that would be what? Half, half of yeah. Yeah. half of all people? Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So, uh, again, technically the statement may be accurate, but the problem is that once you qualify everyone with, except for conservatives and Republican in your example, right. in their example, uh, you're down to about half of America's elected officials, yeah. the, their supporters, uh, and, and, and so... Um, when 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 Bart Ehrman draws his circle, uh, it seems like he's uh, not including all in all. What, yeah. what does all mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> in other words, saying that all scholarship agrees with him on a particular point means very little since he gets to define what he means by scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. What yeah. is scholarship? It's the folks that agree with me. Right. Right. <laughs> all scholars believe that uh, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. For, for those that are Christians. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. The fact is that so we can play that game yeah, too. Yeah, sure. Right? Why not? Why not? The fact is that hundreds of reputable biblical scholars disagree with Ehrman on his key points, and we see that in the vast amount of books that are continuously put out and and lauded and and uh, subjected to the same historical narratives that that he presents and the same um, uh, you know uh, viewpoints that he comes into contact with. Just because you're a believer in in you know what what um what you're looking at doesn't necessarily make it wrong you yeah. know or or, yeah. or untrue or yeah. should be discarded because yeah. uh, uh i mean just thinking logically of it if if you are studying the the universal model of of the universe and you don't believe in heliocentrism why are you even considering heliocentrism <laughs> in, in your start if you don't kind of want to push for that mm. so mm -hmm. yeah you could take the opposite approach but it seems to be that you were going to take the path of of you know the, the the belief that you that you're studying. Yeah, yeah, good. So you know, uh, what does he hold then, right? In other words, er Erdman holds that the New Testament, in order for it to be inspired, it must have certain characteristics. So this is Bart Ehrman's uh, yeah this list is, of must haves. That's right for the that, Bible. If the Bible is inspired, it must meet these standards. Right. Okay. Basically, is what he's saying. Right. So it must have been copied a certain way throughout the years. Right. And of course, you know, he's he. It's by what he thinks it the way it should be. Right. Secondly, uh, one must have. Um, uh, close to absolute certainty about virtually every reading and translation. We have to know that this particular translation is exactly the way, you know, and that they, the authors meant it to be, right? And the reading is exactly what they wanted to, wanted to say, right? So it must have close to absolute certainty about virtually every reading and translation. And then number three, the Bible must contain books that say the same thing in almost exactly the same way. Right. Yeah. Right? So if one of them says that, you know, Jesus turned the water into wine, they all must say that Jesus turned the water in into wine. In that same way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when Erdman realized that the Bible didn't meet his expectations, he fell and he fell hard, is what our authors tell us. Uh, he began to see diversity 
right, as contradictions, right? So Jesus turned the water into wine. Uh, you know, the water pots. There was there were a bunch of water pots, or there were five water pots. <laughs> oh, somebody said bunch. Somebody said five. Which is it? That's a contradiction, right? Right, right. that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so you know, when he realized that the Bible didn't meet these expectations, he kind of. Um, uh, you know, that was it for him, mm-hmm. right? He he, uh, he began to view harmonization, right? Okay, now we can put these, we can harmonize these accounts and put them together so that they work. Which every historian has to do for anything with more than one account. Yeah, exactly. So he began to view this harmonization as really being irresponsible in terms of, you know, uh, doing history. Right, right? yeah. Right. Yeah, but then if you would take this list and, and apply it to something that, um, uh, Airman would view if, if the Bible did have the same exact account of the, the, the uh, Canaan wedding. Oh, well, then they're just copying from each other. And so how yeah. can you even be certain that yeah. this, the first person got it right? Yeah. I mean, you, you can. So, so you, you lose either way, right? E- right. It's, e- it's, either they're diverse in what they say, and so they're contradictory. Right. Or they say the exact same thing, so they're just copying each other. Right. So and so you get to throw it out either way. Right. Right. And I think people that that do textual criticism, especially the believers in the camp, uh, actually point and highlight these uh, this diversity and uh, and uh, the the transmission process of the scripture as a positive thing. So it, you know if you're trying to sneak in, uh, Jesus is, is divine uh, only only here. Then having a central text that's controlled by a small set of people, well, that's easy to manipulate. But if it goes out to the known Roman world and we find pieces in Turkey and and Africa and Asia and uh, mm-hmm. all these places, well that that actually strengthens. The, the right. ability to, exactly. to to see the central claims within within all these, and so um, um, I, you know uh, these these points are being made, and and uh, textual criticism within the text, and the 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 the, um, the bird's eye view of of the text uh, have been written about, and and the diversity um, uh, doesn't seem to be that much of a problem. In fact, Bart Ehrman's own number, I always say this because uh, it was my first introduction with James White. Uh, he he always used to say there are three hundred thousand variations within the text of the New Testament. Right. And James White's like, well, it's probably more like 400,000. And so that's now the number <laughs> right. that, that Bart Ehrman uses. Yeah. So, yeah. so he can uh, appreciate the scholarship of, of New Testament They left out believers. the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 I mean, that's one is, of them. That right. is technically one. Right. Well, they said the twice right? <laughs> yeah. when they were translating. Right, right. <laughs> So despite Ehrman's objections, one of the most remarkable characteristics of the New Testament documents and their various authors is that they offer a rich picture of Jesus, salvation, and the Christian life, which Mm -hmm. is, in all its diversity, is unified around the cluster of central themes and culminates the salvation historical story narrated in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So this just isn't a rose in this point in history. This is a continued narrative, and um, this has been written about by uh, Michael J. Kruger in, in his books um, uh, uh, with uh, Kostenberger, but also um, s- separately. I mean, the, the, the centrality of the early church mm-hmm. um, uh, seems hinged on, on these main points and the, the continuation of did, did the apostles understand that they were continuing scripture? Right. And Kruger and, and Kostenberger seem to agree that they that they did. Yeah, yeah, good. So first then, it, it has to be demonstrated that there are at least three uh, integrative, uh, integrated motifs, right, right, found in the writings of all the major New Testament authors, which are also found 
uh, are also foundational beliefs right. of Jesus and the early church. So we're gonna. So the authors are suggesting there are at least three of these motifs that are found throughout uh, the uh, the New Testament, and they're part of what Jesus believed and part of what the early church believed. Number one, that there's one God, yeah. right? So it's a monotheistic uh, claim. Number two, Jesus is the Messiah and the exalted Lord. And number three, the Christian community has been entrusted with the proclamation of the gospel. So those three are the major things that... Um, uh, you know, that the major themes then that, uh, uh, you know, are common throughout the New Testament documents, right? right? Now, there are many other common themes, but these are three are the major pillars, right. we might say, right. in the theology of the New Testament. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the, and There's the, one God, Jesus is Messiah and exalted Lord, and the Christian community has been entrusted with the proclamation of the gospel. Right. right? It, these are kind <clears> of the key starting questions that, that you want to do, especially if you're claiming roots in the Hebraic you know, religion as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, the, the Shema, the, the one God, that's definitely Old Testament. The Messiah, that's also a, a claim found in, in, the, um, in the, uh, the Old Testament. And that the, the Christian community proclaiming the gospel, well, that's exactly what the, the Israelites were supposed to be doing to the nations at large. Right. So um, these motifs, as, as they call them, is, is an accurate word because... Um, uh, continuing on the scripture tradition, being able to link it to the Old Testament, having having the the claims made by Jesus and the apostles and uh, Paul and uh, James and, and the like, um, they're they're not just suddenly arising out of nothingness. They they draw from previous um, beginning points that oh, were formed in the uh, Old Testament. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, at least with with Moses, and so that that's that's why we um, we are focusing on on these three as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the the second part uh, is that the New Testament is unified in picking up the story uh, narrative of the Hebrew uh, scriptures. Look at that! It's almost like I read this chapter a little bit before. Uh, <laughs> these scriptures bear witness to a God who created a good world and humans as the pinnacle of His creation. However, people turned right uh, away from God and fell into sin. A story we should all know by now. <laughs> and judgment ensued, and the entire creation was negatively affected. Yet. Or but and I say the the, the Christian but religion God. is is the yeah, the but God or yet but God yes. no, hold on there's more but wait there's more yeah <laughs> yet God in His mercy chose to bless and restore the world through the nation of Israel and continued on uh, in the 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 uh, the second Adam uh, which is uh, Jesus right so there are at least these three main uh, you know. Uh, motifs, right, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, there's one God and so forth. And the New Testament is unified in picking up the, the story that the Hebrew scriptures, right, the Old Testament had, right? So those are, uh, you know, those are saying that what we're looking at here, the New Testament is is unified, right? So the New Testament's unity does not consist in retelling the story in identical terms over and over again. Right. Instead, it uh, weaves together diverse scenes, events, uh, perspectives in its uh, presentation of Jesus. Uh, The early church, for its part, viewed the diversity of the New Testament documents as an advantage rather than a liability. Yeah, Yeah, especially if you look uh, um, at Dr. Keith Small, who uh, is sadly no longer with us. um, He he wrote about um, kind of the, the early view of of um, the Quran and its uh, pre Uthmanic uh, revision, which Uthman collected all these texts and essentially made one text out of them, and then 
said this is the one to go with and burned all the rest. Mm. Well, uh, that's that's hard to kind of draw, okay, are we sure that these are the words? Because what were the, the early uh, versions of yeah, the Quran Yeah, what were like? the rest of them? Yeah, yeah. what did so, they look like? So, yeah. so this diversity of text is actually a strength, especially, again, once you get into textual criticism and, and understanding that the the flaws in, in the translation, not, not, not the originals themselves, but in the translation process, actually um, bolsters the view of trustworthiness in these are these are truly the words that were written down by the authors themselves so it's that diversity that actually helps strengthens it and going out into the world so that way you could say i know rome has romans we only had a part of it or it was copied over here but you know jeb uh was was riding his donkey a little too rough on the road (laughs) and and Romans 13 got a little messed up. I want to make sure I'm submitting to the government appropriately. Can, yeah, we, yeah. can we can we send a messenger over to Rome to to get the second one? And, yeah. and you see you see communi- communication within the early church addressing uh, these these type of things and, and calling um, calling leaders within Rome to to um, to uh, be sub- subject to the to the scriptures themselves. Well, how can uh, Carthage do that when they're in Africa and Rome is in Rome. Yeah. Well, it's because they've had the ability to copy and These various scriptures and out. spread out. And, yeah. and and they didn't say, oh, we, we all need to huddle up and, and figure out what's what what are the central role uh, themes and, and what what should we be saying and and are we sure that John is should really be there and and, and the um, that Matthew seems so different in in his presentation of of who he's writing to. No, no, these are strengths and when they were written and who they were written by these, these help to, to um, ex- expand the, the Christian community yeah, and in give, the, the various parts right, of the Roman and, world and the, give various perspectives, right? Yeah. The early church understood that four historical sources are better than one, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Because they give a, you know, a richer picture of Jesus than any one source could do. Right. 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 So uh, again, going back to the Quran, if, if you just had the words of the Quran as your only, um, viewpoint of who Jesus is for them a, 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 a high prophet but a prophet nonetheless you just have about 40 words in the Quran that tell you who Jesus is well that's one that's one perspective and this this giant prophet according to Muslims is 40 words that's it yeah, yeah. well here we have four gospels and <laughs> letters and uh, people who were followers of the way and that wrote about them and 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 spoke authoritatively, not not in a controlling sense, because <laughs> Christianity wasn't wasn't the powerhouse. It wasn't hiding. It yeah, was persecuted yeah. right, even right. from the they early were running and yeah, trying yeah. to escape being. Yeah. I mean, lit a fire. Yeah, not even getting the three hundred, but just in the early first part, because they're contending with both a, 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 a pre. Uh, um, uh, fall fallen temple area Jews that they're uh, caning and, and and torturing and kicking them out of the cities, but also the Romans as well because you don't want to upset the powers that be by saying that uh, no uh, Caesar isn't Lord, Jesus is the only Lord. Yeah, Ooh, you don't want to be doing that. Heads will roll. If, That's right, if you will. And they did. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So yes, uh, there is a, a legitimate diversity uh, in the New Testament, but we must be careful to distinguish between diversity. And disagreement, mm, very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we kind of covered this a little bit with our Jason Lyle book, so you can go back and listen to our first uh, however many uh, episodes. Um, but this one is kind of talking from a bird's eye perspective, not so much getting in the details of, uh, you know, the, this verse says this, this verse seems to be saying something different. What gives? Uh, that, that's for uh, another chapter. Mm. 
So to be sure, the New Testament presents varied historical perspectives that at, at times call for harmonizations. And you have this, no matter what happens, if you and I were down here and a plane fell into the to, to, to the roof of the, uh, the house, wow. we'd probably have different ways of saying the plane fell into the roof of the house. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. That's the story. <laughs> and so figuring out. It got Patrick and not me. Yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but what Tony meant was it. it, it crushed Patrick, but, <laughs> but his foot got, you know, brushed up against. Right. Oh, so Tony's lying here. Well, <laughs> it's harmonization. It's not, you're lying. Yeah. How dare you? That's right. Okay. That's right. You're absolutely yeah. wrong. And so yeah. th this is the job of historians and, and, and not saying that Bart Ehrman can't have this perspective and uh, probably actually drives better scholarship because of this, this varying perspective, but to say that his perspective washes this all out and harmonization is, is a folly. It, it's, it's un, it, you wouldn't do that with any other scholarship. In fact, most historians probably desire and demand from from the the, the rocks and the ashes themselves. Can, can I get like one more copy of, yeah. of this book? Let yeah. alone, can I yeah. get two more people saying something about yeah. uh, you know um, uh, Hannibal crossing uh, the, the Alps with with <laughs> elephants? Yeah. I mean, that seems like a high. Uh, one person has written about that, and we're supposed to believe elephants, the Alps. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so, but if we have two or three people saying it, right, and, it helps. And yeah, 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 it gives you various perspectives, and that. now, yeah, it boosts it especially boosts people the credibility, who would right? be close to 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 the action, who would hear the message over and over again, uh, who were trusted leaders within the community that they helped to establish. I mean, these these are important keys that we would want to see from uh, from an important historical perspective. Right, and just because they have different perspectives, right, doesn't mean that, you know, again, well, you know, there's disagreement. Right, right. right? Uh, there's just different perspectives because, you know, they emphasize different things, uh, you know, in a way that the other person didn't yeah. and that sort of thing. We're, we're watching The Dark Knight. You, you care more about the action, the fighting, and Batman punching things. I'm more about, oh, the Joker represents the duality of man or you know, <laughs> something along those lines. Right. So, so for you, the Batman was about the Joker. Yeah. And for me, it was about Batman. Right, exactly. Right? So we'll fight about it. Yeah. Write papers. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you out of my circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as a response to the claims, uh, to, uh, to claim too that um, that um, um, you know that uh, you have uh, this diversity that can't be um, can't be reconciled. Right. This, um, and the, this and this idea of harmonization is bad. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, the parallel accounts is, is part of the common ordinary role of any historian. Uh, that's going to be actually covered uh, uh, later as well. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll end here because the next ones are getting into the claims of, of this first part uh, of, of the chapter that the New Testament authors have contradictory points of view on major issues. And so what our authors do is they take these major views that, that Ehrman has and, and addresses them and, uh, and kind of gives an account of, of uh, answering um, some of his uh his critiques here. Yeah, and, and it's kind of, I mean, they don't take all of them, right? They just give right. us a small sample so that they can, so we can see that indeed uh, what seems to be contradictory may not be contradictory once you are fair in your reading of the text. Right. right? And, and so, uh, <laughs> like any good authors, they also give us an expanded reading. Um, uh, Bart Ehrman put out his. Uh, how, how Jesus became God, and there's a response book, How God Became Jesus. And so, <laughs> so uh, like any good authors, they, they, um, the, 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 you want to get the book because there are other books to uh, help address specific issues in fuller detail. And this isn't just, you know, um, 
uh, Pastor Q, ordinary addressing them. These are scholars in the biblical field yeah, exactly. that uh, that are addressing Bert Ehrman's points the day of the release of his book, which is important because they got review copies, and that's what you do when you have scholarly work that goes kind of public. Is you want response books because you want a fuller perspective of of what's there. And Go so, figure, right? Yeah. So you get perspectives, the more people you get uh, added into the deal. Right. Hey, right? what do you know? <laughs> All right. So uh, that's it for uh, episode uh, 102 now. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us. Um, even uh, the people that uh, don't like us and are still watching us for some odd reason, uh, appreciate uh, your watch number and uh, continue to share, like, subscribe, all the things the YouTubers do. Um, but also you can find us, uh, on, in audio form and we appreciate, uh, last month was really good for download numbers. Um, and so, uh, we appreciate anyone who's, uh, uh, taking the time to blow off the dust of your books that are, are there and realizing that there are answers to the questions that, uh, that we might have. Yeah. All right. We'll Thanks. see you next time.